Hello and welcome to Good Boys Gone Bland, episode 18. I'm here with uh, Denali, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Allow myself to introduce myself. <laughs> I am Ryan. I'm here with me too, boys. <laughs> Jace is in the room. We're all here with ourselves. Permission signed by Grandma. And this is... <laughs> I, I don't um, think that this time is grandma approved. I have a permission slip. I didn't tell her what it was about. I told her we were going to the zoo. Mm. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Grandma's not going to be psyched about about the podcast. Thing. The curse She's words. Like, oh, you're doing what every every fucking white straight guy's doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. She's upset oh, you wouldn't even review chasing Amy. <laughs> we're back, guys. Um, I'm glad I'm glad to be here this week. We went on a we had we had a couple speed bumps last time with with Dark Tower. That we finally got out. Us, I think the tower was brought down. It almost. <laughs> yeah, I think that almost unraveled our podcast. Um, we almost had another speed bump today. Jace, I'm glad you made it here. You trekked from one end of the border to the other. <laughs> yeah. Great state of Washington. From Idaho to, get here. to Seattle. Um, um, so how was that trip, Jace? Eh, it was fine. The the big the big catch was just a delay in bagels. Huh. Mm. Um, it took a while to get time. bagels in the morning. God, that Denali. Have you ever been to Moscow well, Bagel? Moscow Bagel. Yeah, I know. I know Moscow Bagels. Uh, that's I think they the have the three of us right? actually have been to Moscow Bagels. All to, yeah, when you visited. Yeah, we did. Our, we went uh, to the bagel Moscow shop. Moscow listeners are gonna be so psyched. <laughs> Yo, shout out. It's it's the best. Uh, I'd say it's the best bagel place in the blues. Um, and them's ain't fighting words because I think there's like two or three. Yeah, it's not like over um, here where there's literally a bagel place every other block. In in New York, I think if you say the word bagel, you'll have about a hundred people like, oh, who's that talking about bagel? No, no, no this bagel. It's the water. The bagel it's the water. Oh, it's not the water. <laughs> it's the water in the bagel. <laughs> it's a New York water that makes a bagel so good. Oh, bullshit. Upstate grain makes the best bagels. Man, we, uh, I, I feel like I'm off my groove this one because I'm so, oh, well, I, well, guys, I can, I've got something. Like I said, I'm, yeah, there's a bit, I can't, well, we've got a bit incoming, but I do want to, uh, one of the big things, incoming? yeah, I want to read, oh, well, at first, before the bit, I want to read something to you. Okay. Okay. Um, um, go on. This hasn't been screened, uh, Jace, by our no, podcast committee. So it hasn't been screened. Um, I'm going in blind. There's a committee? You're going to love this. Okay. You're going to love it. Um, so one of the reasons that while well, we went back is I love Tin Tan Tacos, right? And it got me thinking. You know, you have your restaurant, your favorite restaurant that you love probably in each one of the locations that you've lived. And like, mm -hmm. if you're going to go back, you're like, shit, I need to go there. Yeah. So our, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Two of our friends, uh, that we, the two people that we went to visit who have a house, um, they're... When they're bored, they look up restaurant reviews. Uh, oh, okay. And there's a closed restaurant from Moscow, Idaho called Garlic Garden Bistro. Okay. okay. And so, approx... Go ahead. Like Olive Garden, but instead of olives, it's garlic. Oh, that's a good catch, right? I didn't even catch that. Garlic Garden, uh, as you will come to feel from this review, mm. as you will, you will get to know it quite well. I feel this is a three-star review. 
Three star. Okay, not bad. Middle of not the road. bad. You're reading us a three star review. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> um, from Beal, a year ago, I'd give this place five stars for allowing one to grasp a plateau sigma experience and sober reality, while at the same time giving it a one star for being what I describe as a dysphoric, dark, confusing, and a hellish introspective nightmare. A dark and confusing dreamlike establishment where everything you think you know is insanely hard to grasp, while all of your widest, most bizarre fantasies are merely common, boring everyday events that feel as normal as waking up and drinking coffee. I chose three stars as a middle ground. Okay, that's not a fair review because this guy was cl- clearly on DMT when he walked in, and there's, there's no way that's... So, do you know this place, Jace? I have never been there, but they do have something along the lines of uh, 126 choices on their menu. I see. Mm. Hmm. Okay. It's, when you see that many choices on a menu, it's usually like it's a net average of cuisine. Mm-hmm. I feel like nothing, yes. nothing on the menu is really that good. Yeah. Yeah. There's a place across the street from my apartment complex. And sometimes when we just like feel like total sacks of shit, we will <laughs> order from there. And it's great because Julie can get Thai food and I can get like Mongolian at the same mm. place. And they have it's like that. The list is mm. just numbers. Just a bunch of different cultures all in one yeah. restaurant. <laughs> nice. Well, um, I feel like type of person to write a three star review. Cause that wasn't you know, the that wasn't the end. There are five more paragraphs. There's, there's more. There's more. Oh, this? yeah. Excuse me. Were, um, did you um, intend on sharing more? Was there? Oh yes. <laughs> okay. We're, go on, please. We're, 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 me, we're not into the heart of it yet. Go on. Oh, garlic, <laughs> garlic garden welcomes you to their backstreet location, nestled quietly at the far end of town, between a motorcycle supply wholesaler and a trailer park at the end of town, with not one, not two, but three signs, all saying "Garlic Garden Bistro." Stacked one on top of the other, like the noodles in a dish- delicious Italian-style lasagna. So the signs are the noodles. Man, this guy can write. Yeah, that's um, I yeah, I'd agree with that. So, as you walk in, the first things you'll notice are the deafening silence of the completely empty, music-free restaurant, paired with the hypnotic, droning, constant rattle of the massive AC unit installed over the bathrooms, echoing throughout the completely silent building, slowly scraping away at your ever-diminishing grip on reality. I am fucking there, dude. This dude has transported me. You're, you're in it. I'm in it. I feel like I'm in it. Okay, so, so now you have the sound. Let's get the visual. Yes. Looking around, you'll notice that the 45-foot-high ceilings, combined with the ambient lighting from the single-hanging chandelier, provides a very fever-dream-esque quality to your dining experience. You can barely notice that the beautiful imagery of a grease seascape comprised of eight smaller sections of one larger image, all taped together to the right side of the wall, is kind of falling apart as the tape ages. All throughout the restaurant, fake fauna wrapped in Xmas lights are placed at random. Each are hard out rainforest cafe. And separating the kitchen area and the dining room are several trellises with faux grapevine winding up them. Okay. This is um, very David Lynch-esque, you know? Did David... Like, it's a very... Did he write Clockwork Orange? way of writing? No, you're thinking of Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick. Okay. But David Lynch is like Twin Peaks, Mall and Drive. Oh, um, there's right. Twin Peaks reference, folks. Get, get out your bingo boards. 
Put it in free space, Ryan mentioning Twin That's Peaks. the free space, yeah. Uh, yeah, so like really high ceilings in a restaurant for like no reason or like Christmas lights in July. It's very uh, David Lynch. I was thinking like it's kind of like an atmosphere, like kind of like F. Scott Fitzgerald, like like something I'm reading out of Great Gatsby where you're just kind of like floating through a room. You're like, whoa, all the sights and sounds. Where oh. someone read Great Gatsby and wanted to open a restaurant and they had $200. <laughs> like how could I? <laughs> they stole everything from dumpsters from other restaurants around the year. So they read that Gatsby got shot and they're like, I'm going to open the Olive Garden. I got $200. <laughs> That's enough for a whole restaurant in Moscow, Idaho. <laughs> well, please continue, okay, Jason. Okay. I want to see Jesus. what made him. Okay. The menus, which are provided with minimal sticky residue on the outside, contain over 126. Yes, I counted. Mouth-watering choices spanning all kinds of food. From Italian pasta dishes to Korean rice bowls to classic American-style hamburgers. All microwaved to perfection. (laughs) You can definitely tell that hundreds of hungry patrons before you have enjoyed meals here by the sauce and small bits of food splattered on the walls and tablecloths. When you've finished enjoying every last bite of food, you've been served uh, every every last bit of food you've been served. You can pay whenever you want up at the front counter, where one of the extremely polite and friendly staff members will mumble something at you and hold out a fake Chinese iPhone four with a card reader attached to the top, where your credit card info will most certainly not be stolen to Russian hackers. <laughs> All in all, I left Garlic Garden feeling like I had just gotten the flu three hours deep into a 350 microgram acid trip. I wanted to laugh. I wanted to cry. I wanted my mom to hug me. And as I walked back to the car, I was thrown into a deep derealization slash dysphoric spiral. And the, I- and the diarrhea I've had for the last two hours is showing no signs of going away anytime soon. Thank you for the wonderful dining experience, GGB. I will be returning anytime I need to travel to the furthest, darkest corners of the human experience. Wow. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, they're just one B off. G- off yes, of they are. GGB. So I think we found our missing member, our, our Green Ranger, if you will, um, <laughs> who's going to add the much needed boost <laughs> to what, our floundering what show. Space, uh, <laughs> what vacant space is there in the Metazord? Um, so Ryan's got the crotch, Jace has got the everything else, and I've got the head and kind of the arms. Uh, you can they can, like, I can fit them on my back, and they can launch frozen hamburgers at people. Oh, so like kind of like a a, a, a lo- like a weapon, like a projectile. <laughs> yeah. Type of Is it Denali on your back? He's on my a, upper back. They're gonna have to lock in somewhere. <laughs> I mean, Jace, you're pretty stable. Like, I feel like you can handle two people. <laughs> Hanging off your back horizontally. I think well, maybe. <laughs> yeah, this you got be a it, third person. It. Is PCP allowed in Metazord fights? Oh, PCP? I think it's required. It's, yeah, I think it is required. We're set. Jace, I We're think fine. you're gonna need We're it. We're fine. <laughs> energy supply and real steel. <laughs> the movie with Hugh Jackman. <laughs> We're running low on PCP. The Metazord's gonna fall apart any second. Uh, well, this this reviewer wrote this 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 review without any pay like this was clearly like a college student who was scarred 
and was like, I'm going to, while I'm, I'm on the porcelain throne, uh, sharding my brains out, I'm going to go ahead and write this, <laughs> this manifesto <laughs> so that the cops will know what killed me. <laughs> wow. That's brilliant. And the thing is, is like, it's really, um, you know, you're doing that in a random place in Moscow, Idaho. It's not going to, it's not going to be found yes. until now. So they're really, that's really a thankless task. And, uh, you know, hats off to you, G, G, GB. Um, you got another one, Jace? Do do we want to? to I've got one. <laughs> I've got one more to share with you. That's short. Yeah. But it's okay. very it's very combative, and uh, it's fucking hilarious. Okay. But, so this to clarify, this restaurant's dead, right? Like it's gone. It's gone. This is okay. I'm. I will be reading one from a a, a good. I won't name the yeah restaurant. So this is this oh, will be like not GGB. This will be a new one. This is a this is a pizza place in Moscow, oh. Idaho. Um, it's a one star review okay. and, uh, it has a response from the owner. Oh man. Okay. Uh, the, the review states no vegan options. They even put dairy in their red sauce. Thanks for catering to those who want to reduce harm to animals and help our planet by eating plant-based ellipses. Okay, well, I, I could probably expect probably a you know a, a reasonable response. A level-headed, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, straight down the middle, you know. Yeah, I would agree. Um, uh, mind you, there was a management change six months ago. So, response from the owner: We like to kill and eat dead animals with veggies at times. <laughs> we also like awesome beer. We will not be adding vegan options because it makes skinny, weak, pasty-skinned men, which is bad for society. <laughs> You should probably come in and drink some beer. Show them this string with your ID, and I will buy you your first beer for you. Oh my gosh. We allow people to come in from the co-op with tofu and drink our beer whenever they like. We don't discriminate against vegans. Sorry, we can't please everyone with our topic choices. <laughs> I mean... I wonder who they voted for. <laughs> yeah. Well, in a way, they're... I mean, they're right and wrong because it sounds like they let people bring in outside food. Yeah. And uh, it's a, literally a pizza place. And like, unless you're going to a vegan pizza place, you probably shouldn't like expect vegan options because if anything, there's butter involved and a lot of sauces and stuff. Sure. Yeah. I think I do think he came in a little hot. Oh, totally. Uh, no, a little, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little hostile. Uh, but you know, I get like you know, one star is probably kind of hurtful to your business, and you know, you're gonna be you're gonna be probably a little feeling a little personal. But I feel like maybe the answer is to not lean in harder and basically be like, "Well, fuck you, Pansy." <laughs> they have another. They have another response that is something along the lines of, um, "Classic college age West Coast liberals coming in." Oh. Nice. And giving us shit reviews. Wow. So I, I'm I'm getting a picture here. It's um, pretty bad. I all I I love reading Yelp reviews where like an owner of a small restaurant is like fighting back, like at people instead of you know because there's the standard mm -hmm. like oh hey let me just talk to you and we can work this out you know but then there's like the well fuck you Cindy you don't know shit about steaks there's that a, always so, tickles me. There's so a much. place. There's like a. Me and Julia are going um, on a trip next weekend, and I was reading the reviews today of the place we're staying. And there's a pool. Apparently, I'm not going to use it. But the one family complained. They're like, "We left our stuff on a chair 
for over like just an hour. And then the pool attendants came and confiscated it and took it away. And the manager was like, yeah, that's the policy because people put shit on the chairs for an entire day and never come back. Like that's literally posted at, mm-hmm. at the pool. <laughs> I think reviews like that are totally fair. Um, I don't think you should just make fun of vegans because yeah. even though like that one person was annoying, like they were annoying and a vegan. I don't necessarily think that they're like, you know, annoying because they're a vegan. Yeah, I I think that's that's fair. It's when your response turns into "Here's what's wrong with America." Yeah, <laughs> it's like, whoa, man! Someone's mad about all the college students who are his only business. Yeah, for real. If they weren't if they weren't liberal college students, you wouldn't not you'd be out of business. Yeah. Like, what about all the ignorant redneck college students? Where the hell are they? Drunk on Greek row. Oh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> well, thank you, Jace, for the uh, for those reviews. Um, I feel like that's a, that's a fun segment. We can maybe you can, we can whip some more of those out uh, someday too. All right. Um, yeah, Jace, I heard you got something uh, something else for us. I've got something uh, uh, moderately planned. I called my friend up. His name's Cleverbot. He's got some ideas. Oh, that guy. Oh dear God. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, has has Cleverbot got any? better at speaking since the last time I no was it has not well, so we're gonna take some liberties much like we did before and we're gonna let had, all the racist stuff it's had yeah. so long to learn i mean there's more racism i feel yeah yeah uh there's i think that be might more. be the issue is a lot of okay racist people are talking to him yeah he's I, like a baby should, you know Cleverbot needs more um non-racist people to talk to guys so if you're if you guys are out there audience just talk to Cleverbot. teach him some some decency. Hopefully about Dungeons and Dragons so we can actually use some of the material oh, too. He, yeah, um, he keeps like mentioning meatball subs and other shit. So, you know, you gotta. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, for it's been a while, it's been 10 episodes. Uh, last we left, excuse me, your Mon Blute? Are we continuing the Mon oh, Saga? Yes, it is a continuation of the Mon okay. Saga. All right, let me re inhabit Mon Blute 3. Um, last we left Monblue. Two. Monblue two. I believe Ryan was Monblue two. Me two. Okay. Monblue no, two I think is I'm Ryan. Bomb, I think I'm three. Fuck. Okay. You're three with with the with the broken chip that makes you have a personality. I'm Monblue two, who's still stuck in hive mind mode. Right. Oh, right. I've freed myself. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. So we can we can develop the personalities as we go. Yes, we okay, okay, okay. Probably have. Don't put ourselves oh, in a box. Let's go. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Don't put ourselves in a box. So uh, last we left, Mom Blue. Oh, excuse me. Who's three? Denali. That, that's Ryan. Oh, I'm already confused. Who's Mom Blue two? Who's Mom Blue three? I need okay, to. Let's just settle this right head. now. Okay, I'm two. I'm three. Okay. Yep. Okay, I'm two. Now. Last we left, right. Mom Blue two was pushed into a uh, water pool, was torn to shreds by a mermaid, which allowed a series <laughs> of rock paths to. Uh, Allow, that allowed Monblue 3 to get to the treasure that he was seeking, the scroll of Chasing Amy, uh, which you opened and looked upon and were uh, beseeched with terrible nightmares of a story that never should have been told. Um, <laughs> so, you are now cursed. After you open this, open this scroll and you, you read upon it, uh, what you thought was a treasure is also s- terrible. Um, 
and you hear as oh, is as that the as, as the head of Monblute two. Oh, the head. I'm sorry. Rises Monblut. to the surface of the water behind you. Uh, Monblute, how are you feeling? Am I alive, Jason? Am I alive? Yeah. Or am I? Can I speak? Okay, you can okay. speak. You can speak. I've had better days. How's the pain? Surprisingly, not bad. <laughs> That's wow. What hurt more is you tricking me into this pond. Well, you know, all's fair in love and uh, cave diving. How was the movie? No, you know, uh, it wasn't worth the wait. I don't think it wasn't. <laughs> no, I... we we shouldn't have come. The mermaid ripped me to shreds. Yeah, you know, let's not worry about it too much. Let's just get. Let's. Uh, we don't have to talk about it. Oh, cool. That's great. Um, you rec- both recall as Monblutes that um, you can stick any other Monblute body part onto your person, and it will kind of. <laughs> so, Monblute three are. Are we gonna? Well, you see, I'm kind of. I'm not. Well, that's that's the are thing. We gonna you, bud? you are missing a lot of body parts. Now, I'm not missing many. Or I, I should clarify, I'm not missing any of my body parts. Um, so I don't have exactly have a lot of real we, estate. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, I get it. Uh, is this, are you, are you segueing into me being on your ass? Well, <laughs> well I'm thinking like, if, Listen, I don't I, want you, I don't want you on my ass because then I wouldn't be able to sit down for I the plane I don't want ride that either. For the plane oh. ride, yeah. But yeah. I can't like put you on my back. Right, because then I would not have to lean forward. I figured we'd be kind of shoulder situation. I'd be on your sh- next to your head. Kink. It's... I mean, I okay. I'm prone to kink. Yeah, that's you that's know. kink. You know, we can't. Yeah. How about like about like on on one arm here, pirate style? No, more like a watch. Okay, take me out of the fucking water. I feel I hear the mermaid. Take me out of the water. Take me. I'll put you. I'll put you on your left arm. Yeah, here. that's that's so great. That's so great, Mon Blue. And I'll have you where you're gonna I'll, put me. I'll face you. Let's down discuss my hypotheticals towards... while this fucking mermaid's eating me. Okay, I'll put you on my arm, facing my knuckles, like on my elbow here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you grab his head out of the water, and uh, as you as it approaches your body, it kind of out of the, the bottom of the neck kind of and it s- suctions onto your arm it, it 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 attaches your body makes the necessary morphological mm-hmm. changes that will allow his head to survive um, Is, uh, do body. i get any control on the real estate at all um you do have um let me roll a d20 please no I rolled a 17 mm, that's a good I, roll i think you have probably like 60% control of the arm from oh, yes. downward from where your connection yes god no <laughs> i'll give you a thumbs up with your own arm uh you you may attempt to resist ryan you, you know you still have yeah i'm going to keep you subdued i'm gonna do a thumbs up mm. uh do either of you have a dice do you want me to this is uh... pvp <laughs> do you want us to roll yeah i rolled a 19 shit i rolled a one you attempt to give a thumbs up but you do not. You're not able to move the arm. Um, you recall at this time. Uh, so, so the horrific memories of this scroll of chasing Amy are flashing through your head. Um, accursed as much as you could imagine. Uh, 
Uh, you recall that oh, before, oh. <laughs> before Mon Blue one's death, that he uh, took up a job in a local town um, with a castle named Cat is Coming with a K. What? Uh, the castle's name? Eh? Hey. <laughs> uh, oh, excuse me. Coming with a K. <laughs> Wait, what does the cat have to do with this? Wait, the um, castle is called the cat is coming. Uh, okay, well, um, <laughs> with with a K. I asked the name. I asked Cleverbot. Uh, I said, "What is the name of the castle uh, where you could seek help?" And uh, Cleverbot said, "The name of the cat is coming with the K." <laughs> so <laughs> Cleverbot has no idea what we're doing. Um, he knows the name. But well, no, spoken. clever, clever bot has Our DM, Jace is just kind of the you know the conduit. I'm the prophet. Translate, yeah, he's, yeah he's the prophet of yeah, helping to hear it for our for our ears. So, um, yes, of, of this, you know that there's a location where you can seek help to remove the curse if you so choose. <laughs> um, you would you did not lie, Mon Blue Three. The chasing of the Amy was quite bad. Let us make. Let us embark. Uh, to the castle of the cat is coming. All right. Okay. Okay. Number two. Uh, you're you're not in charge here. I got the legs. Let's. Uh, you don't gotta tell me. You don't we gotta both, announce this thing. We both received orders from Monblut One. I was birthed first. Therefore, I have Monblut seniority. You know how the brood mother speaks. Yeah. Can I ask how far that got you? I. I'm on your arm. <coughs> Okay, let's uh, let's play the silent game and let's go to the castle, of which we shall not name. Good idea. Let's trek on. Yeah. Seen any good movies? You know, actually, no. That's cool. Oh man, these treks can be long, so we better save our breath. Oh, agreed. You uh. That was pretty crazy back there with the the mermaid, huh? You know, man. Yeah, it was. I don't know what to say. I miss James Blake and his great R and B music. James Blake. <laughs> yeah, what a great guy. Redcon. Redcon. Um, you, if uh, someone didn't watch the first D and D episode that oh, we did, they're gonna be the completely lost. <laughs> yeah. I, I. He hasn't put out an album in a while. I'm just saying. He's dead. And he died for us. Yeah, James Blake sacrifices life for us. This is all known, and I'm not saying it for any particular reason, but that was what happened in order to get us to the temple where we found a scroll and there was mermaids and things. Mm -hmm. Are um, we there? Are we there at the castle? Yeah. Uh, let me let me ask. How long is the trip? Uh, yes. Yes is the answer. How long is the trip? So you arrive at the there. castle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like this clever bot guy. You know, he's unpredictable. Hey, cuts straight to the straight to the gym. And that was the dream I had about kelp yeah, I had the other night. My arms, my legs were all kelp. Hey, look, a castle. Oh, wow. Time flies. Yeah, it uh, really doesn't. A farmer uh, walks out to, uh, to you and he says, Is this your castle farmer? What the fuck are you? Um, we're going to have to mind ray this guy. Mind ray? We can't mind ray. We, we don't even know him. Okay, well, thanks for calling my bluff out loud. Uh, uh, <clears throat> oh, there, Knave. 
Back off before you get mind raid. Oh. Back in the game. Yes, okay. He turns around and he runs. <laughs> Excellent okay. teamwork, Let's Bon Blue Tree. that guy and okay. see if he has any soup. Okay. Oh, he turns around and while he's running away, he's watching you. Probably going to crash into something. Are there any fences in his way? I asked if he crashes into anything. <laughs> Everything <laughs> is daft in one way or another. Uh, so yes, he trips over a fence and he falls on his face. Okay. Are we caught up to him? You mind the fuck out of him. Oh, you guys ran after him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you okay. caught up to him. Do not be be afraid. We just want your soup. I haven't got any soup. Ah, fuck. That's your Wait. first mistake. <laughs> then how do we get in this castle? Through the front gate. Do they have soup? They, they might. You guys are chowder folk? What's chowder? Right, we're getting nowhere with these guys. There's no reason to be here. Seek That's help, but no get the fuck out of here. Do you have any witches? Are there any witches in town? Oh, we burn them around these parts. That's, yeah, but that's that not quite what I asked. You see that? Like, I asked, Ooh. do you have any witches around here? Um, oh, are there any witches around here? Uh, wh where we are? Witches? Yes, yeah. that is the question. <laughs> Let's go inside. This guy has brain damage. He flipped God. over the fence. <laughs> the fence was a, it was a far drop on the other side. Listen, Monblut 3, I can't catch a case this early in the game. It's too hot over here. Okay, let's... Yeah, let's get this guy. I don't need to see his crappy farmer home. Let's get him and put him in this castle. Like, like let's get him to get us get into this in castle. Cause yeah, yeah, okay, okay. We look like it. fucking aliens because we are aliens. So let's. Oh, we by the way, listeners, like. we're aliens. Uh, let's let's get this farmer to pave our way through the castle. Um, he looks like eyes, mouth, nose, ears, hair. Oh, okay, we we have all those things. We're not so different after all. Just in a different order. Yeah, take some liberty with that description. Thanks, Cleverbot. All right, we're in the castle with him, I guess. Or are we? Or... Let me. Let's see. What do they let us into the castle? You okay, you make it into the castle, and I asked what is in the castle. Um, and clever bot said, "Bull." Like the like a the bull. Animal? Like the letter B and L next to each other, followed by a period. Oh, that's bacon lettuce, but no, uh, no tomato. Oh, okay. So this is a bacon lettuce farming community. Um, so I they're really like a good tomato. Have, have the left side of the castle is filled with uh, pigs, um, okay. and then the right side is a, a lettuce patch. <laughs> or oh, yeah, yeah. A diverse economy. <laughs> hey, Mister Farmer. Yes. Have you guys ever thought about diversifying your your farming? What do you guys do with uh, these pigs and? And lettuce. Ooh, um, sell them? Yeah, you should probably insure yourself a little bit by making sure that you have a more robust set of crops that you maybe could rotate through. Mm, mm -hmm. And uh, have you thought about investing in a seed bank? Um, yeah, yeah. They they don't di they don't diversify their uh, food. They just make bacon and lettuce. That's all they do. <laughs> that okay. sucks. Anyways, let's mm. <laughs> um, where's your medicine man? Where, where's your healer? Oh, he's uh, in that hut right there. There's a hut in the castle? 
Yes. Okay, so we're in sort of like a courtyard. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, I get the picture. Okay, cool. Um, I, I like how the farmers answer these questions. Uh-huh. <laughs> Our eyes don't work too good. <laughs> okay, let's go into the medicine man's hut. There's a uh, um, there's a man. He's dressed in simple, uh, fine brown wools, and you. Um, how how do you enter? What's going on? Um, as, you, as you walk up to the, it's a it's a simple wooden. I, I enter a, with my fist out, like it's uh, oh yeah, like a ray gun. Like yeah. I've got like a missile gun attached to my arm. Okay, but it's really just Monblut2's head. Okay, you know, uh, so he's if if anything is like gonna yeah. you know surprise me and attack me, it's, gonna, it's my, gonna hit him. Yeah, it's gonna be his face, and I'll say greetings. Give me one second. We should clarify: we are blue creatures with three eye stalks. And uh, I had brass knuckle hands. <laughs> yeah, can we can we retcon in a description of Monblute? I'm sorry, I shouldn't say retcon. We should like right now. We should plug and play a clip of us describing Monblute. Oh yeah, so we are blue creatures with uh with weird fingers. You have breadstick fingers with no joints. Yeah, yeah, and then three eye stalks. Um, I had a body with brass knuckles. You have piercings going down your whole spine and a bunch of tats. I have a face tattoo. Um, we're blue. I should keep mentioning. I cannot emphasize that enough. And we can normally connect with the hive mind, but mm-hmm. I think we fell out of an airplane or something with our yeah. friend James Blake. That mm-hmm. wasn't clear. Um, yeah, and then James Blake is dead. He's dead. He did die. He got shot with a dart from a kobold. Oh, that's right. And then we ran into a cave that we apparently were knew we were near. And we saw and Chasing Amy, and I think that's that caught us up. Yeah, uh, we, we had the, yep. the knowledge of the movie Chasing Amy starring Ben Affleck imparted into our brains via a scroll that we found yeah. in a treasure chest. Yeah. You shut the door, and it slams. And the, the man in front of you wearing these brown, simple robes, uh, shaved head, goatee, mm, okay. turns to you and he says, shh. I'm sorry. I'm really strong. Greetings. What's, what's going on in here? I'm sorry. You must be confusing me with someone with a chip that can lower the volume of my voice. Can you not talk quieter? Hey, hey, number two, don't talk. Okay. Very well. He comes over to you and he puts his hand out really slowly. Nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you too. He's putting his hand out for you to shake. I'll, I'll shake it with the hand that Monblut 2 is attached to. Yeah, he grabs your hand very lightly. You have soft hands. Shh. Quiet. What can I help you with? Um, so you see, I saw a very, very, very bad series of images, like like visions in my brain. And I and I need yeah, and I need the, them to be erased. One second. He steps very lightly away from you towards his desk where he, um, you know, in a very controlled manner, opens the desk, picks out a pen, picks out a piece of paper, places them on the desk. He says, continue. I mean, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. Do you want me to describe the movie? Can you regrow my body, perhaps? Shh. 
I, I got the whole thing eaten off. Too loud. Too, too hours ago. I'll cover his mouth with my breadstick fingers. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to fill up on these. <laughs> how, tell me, how did you hear of my surfaces? Surfaces? You know, I, for the life of me, uh, I can't really remember. But there's a weird farmer out back uh, that told us that you were in here. Okay, he, uh, a cat jumps up on the table uh, and he grabs it. Puts it in his arms. He starts we, petting it. We have a friend, maybe, that's uh, named James Blake. James Blake? Yes, yeah. do you know his music? Grammy Award winning James Dude, Blake. I shove, I'll shove a breadstick finger in <laughs> his mouth. I, I don't want to fill up on these, but <laughs> I can eat as many as I want. <laughs> um, James Blake. Beautiful music. He came to me. Looking for an item uh, that was about a week ago. Oh. Did he? That farmer probably needs help too. He got hit in the head pretty hard. Yeah, we, let's not worry about the farmer. Do what you... did James Blake want? He wanted the scroll. The scroll of chasing Amy? That is what he asked for, yes. And you told him where it was? The location, yes. Well, that's what I want him to erase. Hmm. Honestly, it wasn't the worst movie I saw. I saw. I thought we're having an intimate conversation. Why do I have to be quiet? So loud. Just regrow my body. (laughs) I cannot regrow your body, but I can remove the coops. Yeah. Also, maybe if you know, if you have like a scalpel or something, I kind of regret a decision I made about 20 minutes ago. I can do many things. Lopping heads is one of them. That's fantastic. I thought he had like a growth or something. I what what the fuck, Mon Blue Three? I thought we had something special. Not only am I the execution. I told I you hear. about my dreams. Do you have a gold? Do you have a, do you have any gold pieces for the services? Right? I I have quite a bit of body piercings. Oh, in in what metal? You know what? Let's let's go with gold. I'll take it. Ah, uh, so he takes one of your um. I'll, yeah, I'll unscrew one from my Godzilla spine of body piercings. Okay. Um, he proceeds to. Uh, let me ask: Does the ritual work? Which one do you want to be first? The head removal or the removal of the terrible memories? Um, head removal, please. Actually, it's a little bit more pressing. Uh, he fucks up. Um, and Cleverbot is a sadistic son of a bitch, and he says, "You are engulfed in blazing flames." <laughs> <laughs> He draws a circle around you in some kind of weird magical chalk and incants a spell, and you are engulfed in blazing flames. Easy mistake. Both of us, though? Is my arm outside the circle? Definitely not. Uh, No. If anything, I'm laying on the ground, and only my arm is in the circle. The, the the flames you're engulfed in blazing flames uh okay so you're laying on the ground your arm is in the circle uh the flames cut through your arm and now mom blue 2 is is severed from your main body Finally, my his, own arm with his head on the arm and he takes the way there. it sounds like you're now a head on an arm mom blue 2 it's a good I'm arm i'm only one 
Remember, with, with great power comes great responsibility. I'll kind of like stand up with two fingers, you know, kind of like the Adams family. Yeah. Okay. It worked. You kind of met us in the middle there. That's what I do. Let's go on. We have got more pressing things, I think, now that this is taken care of. Oh. So now you would like to remove the memories. Yes, please. It would be easy if if your heads were both attached so I could just do the ritual once. Why the fuck did (laughs) we just... Jesus Christ. Why didn't we... Well, he didn't see the movie. I saw the memories of the movie. Honestly, I didn't think it was that bad. Maybe a bit problematic. So I only need to remove them from your brain. Okay. This is going to take all night. All right. I've got time. Let me tell you about a dream I had. (laughs) Um, He sits you down over the course of the night and uh, a natural 20. He removes all of the memories from the scroll of Chasing Amy and the curse from Mom Blue Three's brain. Um, the, this old guy, he, he's like, please sing praises of me where you go for my ability to remove magical curses. He hands you a card, um, and it says, uh, the gentleman on it. That, that, that's not even the title of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> is it the gentleman like plural he's very gentle <laughs> he's the gentleman he's very, i get it i get it he's, he's the a gentle, very gentle person he's the gentle it, it's called <laughs> the scroll reads running after amy i'm so we sorry we did it guys <laughs> that was a nice clean narrative thread that no, we, it we not at all <laughs> We're getting pretty good at this uh, improv theater. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jace, for that seamless segue. I'm sorry. Our... I'm really sorry. <laughs> we need to apologize to our audience. I didn't uh, even think about it being well, one guy versus a bunch of guys. <laughs> well, we, as, we, uh, as we have hinted at, we watched The Gentleman this week. Uh, 2019 Matthew McConaughey movie. I actually never heard of this movie until we uh, talked about seeing it on this podcast. Apparently did pretty yeah, dang exactly. well. Same. Yeah. I think um, people liked it more than the critics critics liked it, which was mm. interesting to me because I thought maybe it might have been opposite after watching the movie. Uh, you think the critics would have liked this more and people wouldn't like it? Yeah. Gotcha. Well, I thought, yeah. Um, and I just... I think this was kind of supposed to be um, Guy Ritchie's kind of comeback movie after the big old stinker yeah. that was King Arthur. Uh, I, I remember that one being marketed to hell and everyone hating that one. This one I never heard of, and it has a surprisingly like pretty hot cast. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of big names. Movie stars Matthew McConaughey, Charlie Hunnam, Colin Farrell, uh, Michelle Dockery from Downton Abbey. Uh, you got a, you got a bunch of big stars in this movie. Hugh Grant. What's what's it's weird like. I feel like I've seen this movie. Like, okay, if I had to imagine, if someone just told me, like, "Hey, Guy Ritchie's making like this movie that takes place in the UK. It's about mobsters," and they asked me just to, you know, gun to my face, name two actors that are going to be in it, I would have said Colin Farrell and Charlie Hunnam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just also, amazing. It would have been like, like uh, when I saw they, that they made that movie in two thousand one. It was called Snatch. Yeah, <laughs> that's that, maybe that's what, what I'm reminded of because when I saw him like when they saw Charlie Hunnam I was like oh of course he's in this fucking movie and then like Colin Farrell I'm like oh my god of course like this one just seems like uh, Guy Ritchie distillate like it just his essence down to a movie 
Right, and I think we'll get into this later, but I per- like I think I actually think that that was a good thing. It was mm-hmm. very stereotypical for a reason. That's kind of oh, the yeah. whole. That's literally the plot of the movie. So uh, I can I can yeah, jump well, into a little bit of a synopsis here. Yeah, synopsis speaking of the plots, Ryan's yeah. week to take the take the wheel on this thing. I feel like this was a bit of a tricky one. So uh, yes, want to see how you. <laughs> and don't, let's you be, don't have to feel like you have to clear. Go every. I'm totally gonna yeah. wing it. Yeah, I do not have this okay. prepared. So, open credits. We see a man. <laughs> No. So basically what this movie is about is Matthew McConaughey is a marijuana empire having um, person in the time when marijuana is about to become legal and everybody can see on the horizon. So he's in this dilemma of that his he was trying to sell his business because Mm -hmm. it's not going to be as profitable in the next 10 years and nobody knows when it's going to become legal. And he entertains offers from several different suitors. And as it turns out, the people in his line of business um, being mob bosses, they aren't exactly honest. And this leads to a series of hijinks that are very, you know, very uh, British. They're very garbagey. They're very laced with expletives we can't say on the show. Essentially what happens is story unfolds as a as like a um, a mole or like a guy who's been following all the main characters, he tells his side of the story mm. to one of the characters he's trying to blackmail. So Hugh Grant plays a guy who's been tailing Charlie Hunnam's character and is saying, I have a movie script and I'm going to pitch this movie to you. And Hugh Grant literally kind of like goes scene by scene through his movie script and the, the joke is that um, the movie script is actually the last few weeks slash days of Charlie Hunnam's life. Mm-hmm. And Charlie Hunnam is Matthew McConaughey's right-hand man, like his hitman kind of thing. So, so we're following, yeah. We... <laughs> that's the movie. It, it, it's, it's really interesting because as, uh, as more suitors come into the picture, you have this wealthy, you know, black tie sort of suitor. And he's trying to undercut Matthew's price by, you know, staging drug raids on Matthew's like, uh, you know, plants and things like that, literally plants and also like places where he produces marijuana. And that leads a series of hijinks that gets Colin Farrell involved. Mm-hmm. It's very complicated. And um, there's a what is the main antagonist name? He's literally described as the antagonist. Dry Eye. Dry Eye. Yeah. Uh, played, by played by Henry, Henry Golding. Golding. Yeah. He's very, very good. And they, the rivalry is essentially Dry Eye versus Matthew McConaughey. Um, and that's, that's basically the movie. I'm not going to go into the hijinks because there was like 70 scenes yeah, in this movie. Yeah, I feel like that's just it's a thing just to untangle. Yeah. <laughs> you should probably, if, you, if you're at all interested in like British kind of chippy mob boss, you know, uh, drug empire, mm-hmm. Sopranos-esque in some ways. Peaky like, fucking blinders in modern day. Yeah, kind of that <laughs> that ordeal. Then I would go into this movie kind of spoiler free um, to some extent. Don't don't worry about the the plot. It was very enjoyable. Um, there's a lot of moving parts, mm-hmm. and the most, I guess, the theme would be blackmail and like someone knowing. Always, someone's always knowing more than the other person thinks they know. That's kind of like the kind of the story. Very confusing. Well, uh, 
synopsis, but I'm it was going to do. Brian, I like honestly, I think that was the best synopsis we could have done. Um, because I was like, shit, if this is my week to the synopsis, I have no idea how to fucking thread this needle. And I think it's good you didn't go all the way to the end because like that's just impossible to verbally describe. Um, which may be a strength of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got an all-star cast. You got a fun kind of uh, snappy uh, mobster movie. Fun watch. Um, what was your guys' kind of first impressions of this movie? First scene was great. Like for first impression. Oh, uh, the McConaughey intro. It looked like a McConaughey commercial, like he was selling the alcohol he was drinking, the beer pours and everything. The editing, very, very smooth throughout the entire movie. Very crisp, clean, to the point. I want to keep watching this scene sort of editing. I think it was just really fun to watch. And they had a lot of fun, even in the intro. I just I loved it. There was beginning credits, which you don't get every now and then. Like, it was good. That is a bit of a throwback. Yeah. Credits like in the beginning where it's not showing any movie yet. You have to sit there for two minutes and watch yeah. the cast show up. And it's like, well, I agree, Ryan. And like his that was the most one of the most McConaughey intros I think we've seen, too, where it's like he's wearing like a like a tweed jacket laying back in a bar and he's like looking off into space talking about bullshit. And he's like, you know. Like you can't just act like the king. You gotta be the king. And yeah, he's talking about this whole like mo- giving a motivational speech, which I'm like, that is so McConaughey. I expected like the Lincoln uh, logo <laughs> to pop up on yeah. the screen. <laughs> I got tricked. No. It. I like. I would have eaten that pickled egg, man. It looks oh, yeah, good. Mm. A pint and a pickled egg. God. I never even heard about pickled eggs, but I I would eat it. I kind of make my own, not pickled, but I will, uh, oh, heart, like soft boil an egg and then soak and keep it. keep it in your locker for a year. Yeah. yeah. And I'll soak it in soy sauce and vinegar. Yeah, I do. Soy sauce yeah, and vinegar. The, the soy sauce egg. Yeah. Yeah, this, this movie, as soon, I feel like if you didn't tell somebody this was a Guy Ritchie movie, I mean, if and you're kind of at all familiar with that kind of style, and you see it within the first three seconds, the first three cuts of the movie, like, Guy Ritchie movie, man. Yeah. It's Instantly. like, psh, 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 yeah. <laughs> And then the dialogue, too. It's that type of dialogue that's too good for conversation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's, I call it the Gilmore Girls effect. Gilmore Girls? <laughs> because the people that? in Gilmore Girls, if you, man, if you ever have a significant other, or a, okay. let's just say you like Gilmore Girls, okay. if they ever yeah. watch Gilmore Girls, th- there's no break between the lines. It's like, it's as if one character is reading all the lines in succession. Mm-hmm. The characters will banter and there will be no silence for like thinking and the quips will be too good. Guy, Guy Ritchie kind of does the same thing in that uh, not, not to the same effect. I think the actors are better in, you know, A-list Hollywood movies than they are in Gilmore Girls. But um, sometimes the dialogue is too good and then I'm not watching what's happening on the screen. Mm-hmm. And yeah. sometimes the opposite, like the editing is so great that I'm kind of like chastising myself for not looking at the uh, great dialogue in the subtitles. Did so you? I, yeah, I think it cuts both ways. You watch with subtitles, like I normal. Well, yeah, I had totally to. every single. Yeah, time. I there multiple times I was not paying attention at all to a scene because I had to read what they were saying. <laughs> I think it helps if you're British. Well, they're talking like this. <laughs> yeah, I um. 
I actually had to rewind a couple times this movie for what Ryan said, because the dialogue is so snappy and there are so much things happening in front of you where like, you know, things are changing really fast. Things are going on in the background. And I find myself just not paying attention to enough things in the movie. And I have to rewind and just just go back and be like, oh, shit, what happened? Like or when they do a reveal and it's like, oh, God, he knew he knew he knew him and that guy knew that guy. And then, you know, mm-hmm. um, it was it was laborious to watch in that way. Um, not maybe in a, not maybe not in a bad way, but it was uh, you have to work when you watch this movie. I think the laughs come naturally, though. That's one thing like, yeah, the plot and the dialogue, like they kind of it's hard to extract the useful information from the dialogue like mm-hmm. that you can impart to the plot. But yeah. the dialogue in itself is fine. The, the jokes flow naturally. You can yeah. you can catch the jokes in the moment. It's it's only the the long, the long set pieces that are hard to put together because of it. The other um, aspect about this movie I want to touch on because I think this movie firmly fits into a, like a subgenre I call dadcore, um, in like in films, kind of kind of like where where I thought Sahara fits in, and not not to say I didn't enjoy it, um, but I think this was a hardcore dad movie here. It was a lot of um, older guys kicking young punks and showing mm-hmm. them and putting them in their place. Um, you know, kind of beating them verbally and also sometimes physically. <laughs> you know, it's like a cigars and whiskey movie. Uh, a lot of ass kicking. Um, a lot of like, shut the fuck up. I know how it is. I think there's one female character in this movie too. <laughs> um, this is a, a super dad movie. I I had fun watching it. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I think it does fall fall in that genre. Yeah, I I, I sort of agree. I I don't I don't hundred percent agree because to me, yeah, Sahara. Is a total dadcore movie. To me, a dadcore movie is more like something that it disguises itself as the History Channel, and <sighs> also has like really lame action <laughs> scenes in it, like which was Sahara. Hitler's uh, deadly super weapon. <laughs> yeah, like James Bond is kind of are all dadcore-ish. Mm. Uh, not the new ones so much, but like you know the old ones, like oh, we're going to Egypt, this far away. You know, place. Yeah. At least, at least this one is set in like the slums of London and things like that. There's always a gambling scene, so the dad can be like, "I play poker with my buddies on Thursdays." Oh, yeah, we smoke cigars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah. I feel that. My, for for me, the term "dadcore" isn't always derogatory. It's kind of like, would a dad mm-hmm. be psyched for this movie? My dad would be psyched for this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's not um, a lot of bass fishing. Yeah. I only like two types of movies. A river runs through it. And uh, what was that other movie with fishing in it? Yeah, was Big there? Fish. Big Fish. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but it seems like it's a good movie. <laughs> the, other, uh, the other thing about this and about this, this movie, and I think it kind of goes along with the dialogue that we were talking about earlier. Um, there was a lot of kind of like, almost like masturbatory dialogue scenes where it's like two people sitting and it's like almost like the, the director or the writer of the dialogue really wanted to drag it out and show how quippy and, and, and kind of clever they were. I don't, did you guys kind of get that? Yeah. Where it seemed like this is dragging a, like a lot, where it's, I it's think like almost interrupts the movie. When you, if you take the, the fact that the movie was presented, uh, as Ryan stated, it's from uh-huh. the perspective of a, of a writer. 
of a writer oh, okay. for a mm-hmm. newspaper. So I think if you take the step back and you look at it and that he's telling the story and he's really trying to sell it because one, he doesn't want to die and two, he wants that $20 million, then it becomes more acceptable for all of the, um, the characters to be having that type of conversation. And let's keep in mind too, he's an unreliable narrator. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's part of the part too. And one time Charlie Hunnam's character says, well, that's quite an imagination you have. Mm-hmm. And they don't ever go back and fix the scene. Mm-hmm. One time, there's a really, really awesome scene. And they go back and they fix it with the actual version of what actually happened. It's not nearly as awesome. Um, yeah. But then there's another time when he's telling a story and then they cut back to the real life. And Charlie Hunnam says, that's a quite an imagination. And they never fix it. Mm-hmm. So I think there are several moments like that where the writer is putting in his own dialogue to make the movie script that he's trying to sell slash yeah. blackmail with uh, a little bit better, a little more interesting. Because at the end of the movie, we actually do see him trying to sell yeah. the script. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good um, that's a good way to frame it too. Like he's he's someone who's trying to oversell the dialogue. It's the same feeling I get in Quentin Tarantino movies, which are movies I really like and enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's where they're sitting down and it seems like they're talking too long about things that maybe don't really matter too much. Where in this movie, for example, they're arguing about semantics a lot. Where they're like, oh, well, you said this. And no, and I didn't say this. You said it like this. And they kind of go back and forth a lot. And you're like, why the fuck is this movie? But it's kind of showing how their characters are clever and like to bust each other's balls. So I think it was it was kind of an interesting choice. But sometimes I was kind of like, all right, come on, guys. Like, let's let's get yeah, rolling. Pacing. I, yeah, I think I think there was some pacing issues in this movie. Yeah, hour and 53 minutes. Yeah, I think it's it's a good um, it's a good length of time for like an action movie. But you better be you better be pretty punchy. And I feel like Guy Ritchie could fill that void. Um, but I think there was here and there some scenes that it, it kind of. So you think hour 45, maybe hour 45, maybe trim the fat a little bit. What do we know? I don't know what I would cut. I would cut all the grill scenes. Where, what? Where that that that's that's like really imp- I it's really important because I think Kept you're like you're like is he making this director eat a human or yeah, not? That was really cool. Yeah. yeah. Where he makes yeah, at the, at the end of okay, well, should, we, should we even spoil so, it? Yeah, anyway. the cut is like there's, so a, there's a there's a scene where he says I need a pound of flesh and the guy's like whoa. And the, and the implication is that Matthew mm-hmm. McConaughey is making this guy cut off his own arm. And then there's a jump cut, an ellipses cut to a, uh, really a smash cut to a steak being laid on the grill. And it's a really, in, you know, yeah. association by uh, temporal proximity. Oh, there we go. There's <laughs> an adjective. <laughs> Get out I'm Christos. We use the Tesseract. <laughs> when, you, when you think of the pound of flesh thing, I don't want to get gross here. I take but... it for my butt cheek. Butt cheeks, wait... right? I weigh 215 no. pounds. I was like an arm. A majority. Arm elbow. Jesus. Dude, your forearm, your arm from your elbow down weighs way Holy more fuck. than a pound. <laughs> I'm not going, I'm not going an ounce short. Remember he said, he said like, if you're one gram short. Yeah. Oh, so you want to overshoot it. But the thing yeah. is like, you can lose. Okay. It's going to really, really, really suck. You can lose both your butt cheeks. And I think be less debilitated. And never sit down again. You could sit. It's just going to be hard. I think I could. uh, I think. You're not going to move your legs, dude. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Shit. Butts. Butts do do something. (laughs) I guess it's how how thick your butt is. That's going to be the question. 
Um, because if you don't want to be cut in muscle. Implants. See, that's 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 a smart thing. Get butt implants before you meet with the the sketchy um, Matthew McConaughey dealer. Oh, just food for thought. Uh, adult adult butt cheek okay, okay. skin and oh muscle on the average person is about thirty three pounds. No way. And my, muscle, though. I mean, muscle on the average thin. American, yeah, because their asses are like the size. That's a two hundred pound person. Table. This person. Oh, okay, wait, wait. This. No, okay, this. I can't tell how it, this person is doing their. They have a lot more periods than they need to be and not enough spaces, and they're not putting zeros if they're doing decimals. So Let's not trust this person, then. This person sounds like a serial now. killer if he knows it all, too. How the fuck does he know this? Well, can we get a little bit into how... Like, we don't have to get into the map meter, maybe necessarily yet, but I, want... I like the McConaughey in this movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Could... King of the Jungle, baby. King of the Jungle. I really liked... Um... I really liked Colin Farrell as coach. And we're yeah. just talking oh, that about was a super fun role for him. Yeah. Like as an over overall in the movie. And then the um his crew, the crew that he teaches that make that film. And it's like they make surprisingly a, good movie music a video. music video for Grime. And I'm I'm really into listening to Grime right now for whatever reason. So like them doing the video and just kind of like the relation to them trying to put it on YouTube and be famous to us recording this podcast. I was like, <laughs> fuck yeah. Game recognized game. And they beat the shit out of those people. In the I thought, Yeah, I thought the opposite was going to happen. I didn't realize these dudes were like, I think, well, Jace, what you said there, like, I was wondering that too. And are they kind of trying to bring up the fact that UK doesn't have guns in ubiquity? That's a huge plot point, though. Yeah. So when a gun does show then, up, it's like, whoa, it's a big deal. And, but they show up all the time. <laughs> right. But that's the thing is, remember when the I remember. Uh, hoity-toity guy, the propositioner yeah. who wants to buy Matthew McConaughey's weed farms, he gives Matthew McConaughey a paperweight. gold gun as a paper. It's a paperweight, but it's actually a gun that works. Right. And... Matthew McConaughey's like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, this is mm-hmm. like, this is like 11, 11 years in prison. Like, what are you talking about? Like, don't give this to me. And then he gives it to his, his wife, uh, Rosalind or whatever, probably by Michelle Dockery, who was amazing. And great. she says the same thing. She says, like, <laughs> don't you know this is illegal? Yeah, like five years in prison in a box. Yeah. It's weird, right? Like, that's, that was really weird. Yeah, and they show machetes a few times, too. Yeah, like um yeah because when cool. when McConaughey, when they show mcconaughey's come up you know he's like he's like using the machete you know and whacking people the show, and people. it shows up again like you know with those chavs that are like approaching um one of one of the henchmen and they hold out a machete they're like hey what are you doing here you know um reveal scene that was probably one of my favorites when they start coming at him and he whips his jacket open and he pulls out like the <laughs> UMP and shoots yeah. into the air and they're like, <laughs> they all run off. That was really cool. He's a badass. That was a fun scene. Charlie Hunnam was really fun to watch in this movie, mm-hmm. I thought. Yeah. Looks great in the suit. Very stylish, um, but also played an interesting character, you know, kind of like the right... You know, everyone likes to see, I think, the right-hand man who has all his shit together and is, like, totally on top of it. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's kind of fun to watch. At the same time, he's unhinged because they talk about his OCD, and then, like, oh, he's yeah. really cool, calm, and collected, and he's just, like, 
get in the car or like sit the fuck down or like I'll fucking end you. And then that guy touches him and he's just like, I won't be manhandled. I will fucking kill you. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> and then so when he messes up and the multiple people end up falling to their <laughs> that death. That was hilarious. And Matthew yeah. McConaughey is like, you need to invest in some parachutes. <laughs> that was a really <laughs> funny a good one. Let's let's wrap up this review. Uh, you want to get started on our McCominometers? Yeah, I think it, the ritual is old Ryan. Yes. Brother off. Ryan, step forth and give your McCominometer score. I think uh, this was a good this was a good one. This was a good movie. I think we got monologues, which I know we love. I think mm-hmm. we got uh, him kind of being a badass for once. Yeah, he yes, was way he more evil than the Man in Imagine Black. Imagine if yeah, the Dark Tower Matt was like this. It would have been like actually oh, so wild. much better. Charismatic and like, yeah. yeah. I think this was apart from Interstellar, which he kind of plays it straight ish. This was my favorite Matthew McConaughey performance. Really? Um, wow. I don't think he did a single thing wrong, perhaps volume, but he was he was literally the character everybody was talking about in every scene. So Mm -hmm. I don't think that, you know, it's not his fault. He had the most profitable, the highest build like role. Um, I'm going to come out guns a blazing and just start blasting with a tent for our friend Matt. Like. (laughs) I really like this movie. I thought his speeches about the lion, especially in that retcon scene where he uh, goes to town and really turns the mob boss up to 11. I think that blew me away. Like, I really, really like that scene. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the 10 and I feel good about it. Hell yeah. I think was that your first uh, 10 on the map meter? Ryan, uh, it might have been. We, we've yeah. given uh, I, I believe there have been a few tens thrown around for Matt. Um, I, I know I've given him one. But I mean, for Ryan. Matt meter. Ryan gave dazed and confused Matt a 10. Oh, wow. That's and surprising. Interstellar, Interstellar was a nine. Wow. Nice. Forgot about dazed and confused. All right. That's a 10 from Ryan. That's a great score. Jace, what do you think about uh, the Matt man? I, um, well, I'm not allowed to, I can't stray too far from my previous, you know, Matt meter scores. He didn't say all right. Mm, that's going to be, yeah, a technical. And other than that's the only point I'm going to take away from him. You know, he didn't fight hard enough to get a signature line in the movie. Mm. Or he did it 18 times and they cut every single one of them. Hard, hard for me to say. <laughs> that's, um, that's a lot more likely. Yeah. <laughs> his, uh, <laughs> his screen presence was killer. He was uh, sexy as hell when he was on the screen. He was definitely the badass mm. that they were trying to make him out to be. Um, and I just I enjoyed every minute of it. So definitely a nine. Nine. That's mm-hmm. that's that's a fair score, Jace. Um, I want to give thought, him a ten, but I can't. It's a nine. You can't because of the te- the technical um, scoring yeah. sheet you have. Oh, um, and the hair though. Like, did we talk about that? Understandable. We haven't talked about the hair. Oh, it was I. Hair was yeah. I. This one I thought. Not bad. Wasn't bad. Not, not the worst I've seen it at. We're coming off Dark Tower, Dark Tower right? so hair. Yeah. Well, you gave him a 10, so I know you like the hair, Ryan. I mean, you know. Okay. It's a perfect <laughs> No, but um, yeah, but I, I agree with what you guys said. I thought Matt brought the heat. I was skeptical to see if he would play drug lord well. I, I kind of, I wasn't sure if, he, I haven't seen him in a menacing role before. I've seen him in a very charming, um, you know, kind of like a stonerish role. So I was like, okay, 
you know, marijuana drug empire. How is he going to play this? Um, but I think he did menacing well. He did. He did like what Ryan said. He did the evil villain in a way that I hoped that he would have in Dark Tower, where it's he's kind of looking off into space and kind of giving monologues, but in a way that was charming and interesting and drew in, which kind mm-hmm. of is a credit to his writing and kind of how he how he introduced it. The parts where he kind of snaps a little bit. It's interesting to watch. You're like, oh, shit, like, what's he going to do? And I think that's that's always um, the most fun parts to watch in any kind of gangster mobster movie is to just watch an unpredictable villain um, kind of go off. And I think he, he served that really well. Um, I believe that he was a really smart, clever dude, which I think is important when you're dealing with like a head of a mob. I think McConaughey can, <laughs> whether it's legitimate or not, I think he can make people think he's really, really smart and knows what he's talking about. I think he did that super well in this movie and when when it all kind of fell together came together and you know all everything started crumbling crumbling down for all his enemies i was like yes like and then you know his big master stroke so i think i'm gonna give it a 10 i thought he brought the heat with this one i don't really have any complaints uh with the matt man on this one I'm good mcconaughey movie yeah that's i think that's totally fair that's great yeah, if you guys are looking for a for a real McConaughey experience, I think you're going to get it for this one. And I think he was kind of generous too. He didn't hog the screen time. Right. He let mm-hmm. other people shine. Mm-hmm. There was a couple of scenes he could have been in, but he wasn't. He was just there kind of to set the scene and other people cleaned up after him. And I think that's that's to its benefit. You didn't get too much McConaughey. You know. Yeah. That's happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's like he's like a spicy food. It's like a sometimes thing. But when it's when it's employed, it, I think it could be it could be done well. Um, So let's go down to our movie scores, boys. Let's uh continue our journey through the mudroom. Ryan, what do so, you think about this movie? So, you know, the more I think about it, the more I'm realizing that there was not a lot wrong with this movie. I don't think that uh, I OK, there, there's some complaints out there about the content of this movie, about what was actually in it. Um. I don't think that is fair. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I don't think that you can say a movie is bad because the content that it contains is something that you don't agree with or that doesn't abide by your morals. Um, otherwise, would you have movies that dealt with really, really bad things like 12 Years a Slave and Django Unchained and Schindler's List? No, y- y- the characters in those movies are doing very bad things, just like in this movie. They're doing very bad things, and they're on the wrong side of the law. Um, yeah, sometimes they're cool, but remember, they're mobsters. Like, so I don't agree with a lot of the criticism of this movie. I think people are... I hate to say this, and I really don't agree with a lot of times when people say this, but I think a lot of critics were virtue signaling. Like, They were just saying, oh, this movie sucks because it said, about, said these things, but these movies were awesome, even though they said the same or worse things. Like... I, there's almost nothing for me to say about this movie that would be bad. Um, I want to give a special shout out to the editor of this movie, Paul Matchless. As I was watching the movie, I think in about the first five minutes, I was like, this is edited very similarly to a lot of Edgar Wright movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Edgar Wright is the director of movies like Scott Pilgrim, Baby Driver, Shaun of the Dead, uh, Hot Fuzz. Edgar Wright's movies have this interesting way of editing. It feels like all the shots are connected and you're constantly being drawn to the next scene and the next shot. And you kind of feel like you're moving forward through the movie. I felt that way in this movie. Um, I just now, like 
as I was getting ready to say how much I like this movie, I looked up the editor in the last like two minutes on IMDb, and it's the editor of Baby Driver and Scott Pilgrim and The World's End. Oh, so a lot of it. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's right editor. Yeah. yeah, like, uh, so that's. I mean, when you can tell, when you can pick up on someone's editing style. Yeah. From multiple movies that I've seen, and I've been like, "This is edited like this movie." I think that there's no greater compliment to an editor, right? Like, that's really, really awesome. A distinct style. Yeah. Yeah. And this is like his first Guy Ritchie movie. It's not like that. That's something that would be guessed. I don't. Yeah, I have almost nothing bad to say about this movie. It was a little long. Uh, I think Denali, some of your Gilmore Girl dialogue kind of jabs are right. I'm going to go with a nine. And that's nice. pretty, I feel 100% confident about a nine. I would peg this in in a nine. Nice. Good score, my man. Jace, you look like you're thinking. Yeah, I watched this midday yesterday, and since then I've been either hammered or driving. So pretty much <laughs> just trying to keep myself alive. So I haven't really had much time <laughs> to think about the movie um, besides enjoying it. I thought uh, we've, we've, we've all like independently touched on a lot of the things that I liked about it. It was like really crisp, um, like filmed really well. It was cool to see a lot of the scenes uh, and how they were made. There was this one really cool shot that we didn't talk about where Matthew McConaughey is taking the person who's going to buy his business to one of his sites and the the camera stays in the car as they get out of it and they split and then meet back up in front of the car. And that kind of like was one of the one of the things that I really remember about it. Um I did like the dialogue. I liked a lot of the jokes that were coming from the guy who was trying to extort these people. I thought it was funny how he thought he was on top of the world and he was trying to play like three different angles. And then it's like, dude, you're playing three <laughs> different angles with people that are going to kill you. And it ends up really biting him in the butt. Um, it seemed to me like they tried... We had so many different main characters that you see a lot of different... Like, It seemed like they were trying to show the different walks of life or like the different casts people in the UK. So it was like a little bit of a commentary on that. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's entirely correct, but I enjoyed that portion of it. I liked seeing the boxers. I liked seeing the, you know, he's taking advantage of rich families and then mm -hmm. their, their Lord, kids who were, yeah. yeah, the toffs. And it's not a 10, but I think I'm going to agree that it's a nine. It's nine. There is. I, I can't. We've been. Th I, I can't pinpoint it on one thing. I don't know what it's missing exactly. Um, it might be female leads. Yeah, I, uh, I, I understand that. I And I would agree. There's um, something. There's a one point missing, but it's mm -hmm. still really <laughs> fucking good. So mm -hmm. to be fair. The movie is literally called The Gentleman. Yeah, so I I had that conversation. <laughs> this is going to be a bro movie. <laughs> I had that conversation with Yuri when we were talking about whether or not I mentioned that it doesn't pass the, god damn it, is it Bechtel? I say Bechtel. I say Bechtel. 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 Okay, it doesn't pass the Bechtel test, say, yeah. but it's not like a lot of the movies that we watched previously, like 1999 Armageddon, where it's oh, like women man. were shoehorned in to be sexual objects. There was one mm. strong character that was a woman that she like owned her own chop shop. She was very equal to Matthew McConaughey. He diverted to her for making decisions mm -hmm. 
a lot of the time, but it fails the test because there, with how the movie was set up, there wasn't really a lot of room for another female lead. Mm-hmm. Is what it felt like to me. Yeah. No, I, and I think that's that's kind of an issue with mobster movies in general too. People kind of talked about that with the Irishman or you know Casino yeah. or thing. You know, there's not a lot of it's it's a lot of just men talking to men, um, which which might reflect mobsters. I it's, don't know, but yeah, yeah. it's a problem with society. <laughs> yeah more than the actual movie making, I think, because like you said, character of Roz was a very strong female character and she killed some homies, man. Yeah. She that was a yeah, fucking yeah, great fell scene. To the metal when she needed to like, uh, <laughs> I love I, when she pulls out the paperweight, she's like, it's got two shots and the whole setup for her popping that the cap in that dude. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, did it work? Yeah, the whole time I was like, I was like, I was like, did it work? Is that just a smudge on his head? Was it a piece of paper? And he's like, he just falls over. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Double nine. nines. Good scores uh, for this here movie. Um, I'm going to come out and say it. Uh, and I, I might drop our, our average a little bit, but I'll probably give it a 6.5 uh, for me. Um, yeah. Well, it's a 6.5. I, I don't know if I could, I could justify giving it a seven for me. Cause seven, I think is kind of a meaningful barrier for what I actually like. Like say it. it's like oh this is a movie i liked you know like um this movie i don't think it had too much wrong with it in terms of like nitpicky things i can point out um but i don't think i just from a personal standpoint i don't think i enjoyed it that much um i found a lot of parts where i was kind of losing interest a bit i think the sometimes i find guy, guy richie style honestly a little grating um, after a while at first i'm kind of like oh i'm so into this but usually by after like an hour and a half of the movie, I was kind of like a little bit over it. Um, I also thought some of the, uh, the, some of the dialogue, I did kind of talk about it earlier where it kind of dragged on a little too much, had some pacing issues. I had some couple times where I was checking the clock a little bit and I was like, just fucking get on with it. And I was like, I get it. These characters are quippy and clever. Like, Oh Jesus Christ. Like, you know, carry on. Um, and I also just, the, I'm trying to think of the, the term I'm, I'm trying to think of outside of the term dad core. Um, but there was like there was lines in here where they kind of mentioned like, oh, drowning in your liberal white guilt or like, you know, they're kind of mentioning like sensitive little young people or whatever. Um, they're kind of bringing stuff up over and over again. And I think it's just a lot of it feels like a bitter old dude <laughs> uh, wanting to school some young people over and over again in this movie. Um, and yeah, Ryan, I agree with what you said about kind of the there's yeah, there's some problematic lines about Asian people in this movie. Um, same thing with with black people that came up. But I was also like, does that need to be in this movie? Um, there's some lines in there where they where Colin Farrell gives a rebuttal um, to to like a racially charged phrase. And I, I can see the a type a certain type of person who's prone to making racial comments being like, yeah, that's why it's okay yeah, to say. No, it, say it. Yeah. Yeah. And I could see them kind of applauding on that, even though that maybe not might not be the intention. Um, that, that rubbed me a little bit the wrong way, but it wasn't like the biggest deal to me. Like there's other shit I can, I can complain about. Um, but overall, this movie was fun to watch. I'm, I'm I'll, I'll recommend it to someone. Like if someone brings it up, I'll be like, Oh yeah, that was a fun ass movie. Um, you might, you might like it if you like Guy Ritchie movies or just want to feel like a mobster movie. Um, I would still recommend this, but maybe it's just not going to go on my favorite shelf. You know, I might watch it again if I'm at a friend's house. Um, still enjoyable. I thought McConaughey killed it. Um, so I would say worth a watch, a light 6.5. This much better than how to lose a guy in 10 days. Barely. This much better. (laughs) If you could, if you take those two movies and you put them next to each other. Yeah. 
you so know, I, I gave it a hair six. Uh, how to lose you, a guy? Yeah. So I Honestly, do want to say something. Yeah. I okay, I think ahead. from the. I think you made an interesting point there with the commentary about the person, the the black boxer. Unless I missed something, that was the only thing, and it's kind of interesting because racism racism is a lot different in the UK, mm. and they do even then go into talking about how the other guy is like a gypsy. So yeah, it's kind of completely it was a little bit nuanced. Yeah, it was, it was a little bit nuanced. I don't. I, I agree with Anali in that like. You sh- it should be a little more pointed in saying like, don't do it. It got into the chasing Amy gray area where like it wasn't clear if they were saying, don't do that. Do not call somebody that like they, mm-hmm. I think that should have been a little more clear. I think there's some breathing room for interpretation, yeah. you know, for for either direction. Huh. But yeah, and I get that like, yeah, there's shitty characters and they're supposed to be dirt bags, but it's also like, you know, gotta like, have, I don't know. That's that's all right. I mean. I think it's a conversation at least worth having. Um, no, totally. I agree. Well, folks, we gave it a, we gave it pretty high, high marks here. Um, probably say it's worth a watch if you're, if you're in the McConaughey mood or, or just in the mood for, uh, for something fun on the week, weekend. Um, definitely. Um, do we, were you guys, do you guys kind of have an idea of uh, what you're feeling for next week? Nah. Oh, do we want to drop it low? A shitter for low, sure. Low, 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 low. Wait, okay. low, low, low? Like, really low? Yeah, like boots in the fur. How many episodes we got left for, of, of McConaughey's two, Mudroom? Two. Um, you got two? Down up. Two episodes. So, yeah, per tradition, drop it to the shitter, <laughs> shoot it up to send him off. So what is a craptastic movie we can do here? And this is, this is where um, I wish that we, we were almost, like, live, where our audience could maybe, like, give us suggestions. What's a bad... McConaughey movie. Beach Bum looks bad, but I heard it's actually enjoyable. I liked it. I didn't realize it got such low ratings, but... For for bad, we might have to uh, settle for not as much screen time. Mm, okay. Like we did with Ben Affleck in Armageddon. Okay. It's really a Bruce Willis movie. We were young and inexperienced, though. Like, we... Yeah, we can we can grow out of our habits a little bit. Um, I would rather pick a performance where he's really bad versus a low, a low metric. So you want more Matt? I want more shitty Matt. I guess is what I'm, I'm saying. I'm going. I don't on, know. I don't um, rot- I'm going on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm going to click on Matthew McConaughey, and usually they list Can out. You do his the wedding movies. planner. Oh, sure. There's a shitter. <laughs> <laughs> We're sold. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Can I just? Um, let me just look at Rotten Tomatoes real quick, just just as an experiment, just to see, um, you know, kind of where we're at. Okay, so we're okay. We did mention this movie before. The absolute bottom of the tomato meter is going to be Surfer, Surfer Dude, bro. Yeah, zero percent. Nobody dude. likes Surfer Dude. With audience score though, twenty six percent. So big divergence there. Oh, well, then, don't, don't, even don't even yeah. give me the critic. Don't even give me the critic. Okay. Photos. Next one is Fool's Gold. Fool's Gold is pretty dang close to the bottom too. Eleven percent with a forty-eight critic uh, audience score. Next one up is Larger Than Life. Don't know what that is. Next one up is The Dark Tower. So okay, guys, The Dark Tower was so bad it shouldn't be that high. I would. I'm scared if we watch Fool's Gold and it's worse, dude. I don't think I could fucking take because Dark Tower almost broke our podcast apart because it was so. 
I honestly hate surfer movies. Like, I have a vehement hate. Whoa, hold on. Surf's Up? You didn't like Surf's Up. I have, have not seen the animated oh, fuck surfing. You. Oh, fuck okay, you. Fuck you. You can't throw around phrases like that until you've seen Surf's Surf, Up. Which Surf's Up rules. is so good, man. <laughs> okay, wait. The, okay, I didn't realize Ryan, that Surf Surfer... Ninjas? What? Have you seen no. Surf Ninjas? Fucking it. You know what? I'm pitching a surf season for State of the Podcast. <laughs> We're going to turn you, turn you I, around. I'm well, we know it'll ninjas. win because you and Amber will both vote for surfer season, you piece of shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Elections rigged. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I didn't. Okay. I didn't realize um, Surfer Dude was 2008, which makes it a lot funnier for me to potentially watch it. I thought it was like a, yeah, I thought it was like a yeah. 2002. I thought so, too. So. Um, the wedding planner is actually pretty low on this list too. Like it's it's on seventeen uh, percent tomato meter. So I think that we're we're in good. That's a good range, dog. Like this got half of what Ghost to Girlfriend's Past got. Wow. Okay. Are you guys are you guys down thinking? for the the wedding planner? Now search your hearts, guys. And we handle another Macan rom com. He looks well, that's what I'm so cute with his glasses on. Rom-coms were such a huge part of his whole shtick for yeah. a very long time. So I think it's okay to do three rom-coms out of ten. Have we only done two rom-coms, really? Yeah. Most of Griffin's past oh. and uh, I was a guy in ten days. The really long names that are hard for me to say. Yeah. You know what? I think you make a good point, Ryan. We should we should dip in to the wedding planner. His arguably his worst rom-com he's made. Jesus, just taking a pull of this. <laughs> Uh, guys, we can do this. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm holding your guys' hands through the, through the screen. A month from watching together. The Dark Tower wasn't enough to prepare for me for this bullshit. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> let's, this is the let's most rom I've watched in like ever. In, yeah, in a, in such a small span because I never watch them, uh. and now I'm, I'm getting exposed to them so much. So we got to send off one of the, the silver screen's greatest rom-com actors. With you know, give given his, his due diligence. All right, so next week it's decided. We're gonna send him off with our last rom com of this season, The Wedding Planner. I'm actually curious to see how this goes. We've got McConaughey, 2001, budding of his career, um, with J Lo. It's gonna be good, guys. I'm excited uh, to hit us up with The Wedding Planner. Do you guys got anything to plug uh, before we uh, skedaddle here today? Uh, sponsored by Moscow Bagels. Except and not the other restaurants. Legally, we have we, to say uh, that. Yeah, <laughs> we literally, legally they did not sponsor us. Uh, but shout shout out to Moscow Bagels, um, and those other restaurants that we <laughs> read the reviews for. Um, well, thanks for joining us uh, today, folks. Jace, you want to plug our uh, our shit? Yeah. Thanks for stopping by, everybody. You can catch us on Twitter by throwing us a like and a subscribe. Do you subscribe on Twitter? At GBGBs1. Is that right? At GBGBs1? Yeah, at at GBGBs1. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram. Good Boys Gone Bland. Yeah. Also, at Good Boys Gone Bland on Instagram. We got that one. We locked that shit in. We got the name. That's ours. You can't have it. Um, And then you can find us on Podbean and Spotify and soon well actually by the time that you listen to this yeah we will be on apple music i didn't think about that oh, yeah. good boys gone bland um also our linkedin is 
at Matthew McConaughey <laughs> feet picks. Ooh. We're yeah. we're we're uh, reaching for everywhere with that. Left. Yeah, I'm taking all the feet pics out of all the movies that we're watching and I'm putting them on a LinkedIn profile. <laughs> we're very experienced in Matthew McConaughey feet pics. If you need to link up with us so that we can share our experience mm-hmm. with you or we can certify your skills, please connect with us on LinkedIn. We're looking for a better uh, McConaughey. Oh, I'm going to need a new job after I, my boss finds out I run a Matthew McConaughey <laughs> feet pick LinkedIn. Yeah. So hit me up. All right, guys. Yeah. Uh, check us out. Also, throw us a review and a subscribe on uh, wherever you get your podcasts. That always helps us out. Uh, if you can just uh, give us a, you know, a star rating. You know, I'm not going to tell you what to, what to rate us, but a, a five will be very tight. Um, yeah, but thanks for joining us, guys. Um, see you next week with The Wedding Planner.